My Best Friend's Journal now presents a Christmas Mad Lib. Five years ago he got stalking to hold my Christmas wishes. And now we're gonna take a peek. Grab eggnog or smoke some pot. Pot's fine. You can smoke pot on Christmas. What? Your Christmas wishes. Right along. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I asked for. This shit might get too real. Jolly. <laughs> Nothing here is... Baby Jesus? <laughs> I'm haunted by... Marley's ghost. What it's Christmas story are we doing here? Journal. Let's start this Christmas, Christmas podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. If someone's Christmas, Christmas podcast. Yes, and the world's most, most Christmas-y podcast. God bless us, everyone. Huh. Was it Tiny Tim? <laughs> it was Street Urchin Tiny Tim. Sounded like it could have been an elf, like Dobby. <laughs> Maybe uh, it was Dobby on oh, accident. Oh, you know what? That's, a, that's uh, appropriate to Christmas as well. Although I guess those elves were year-round slaves and not just... <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it up. Uh, welcome to my best friend's journal. I'm Cam. I'm Mike. And this is the very special holiday episode. Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> I'm jolly. How are you feeling? I'm also feeling jolly. You know, he is the reason for the season. <laughs> Ew, What? <laughs> I don't know, I was trying to think of Christmas platitudes to spew at the top of the show. Spew you did. Uh-huh. Uh, well, here we are. We're just knock, knock, knocking on Christmas door. Are you ready for the impending arrival of your family and the the big holiday celebration that it will be? Um, yeah, not really. I've done some... It just occurred to me uh, yesterday that because we're staying here, I'm effectively hosting Christmas, which I like. I didn't really understand because my sister was kind of the one who spearheaded this. Uh-huh. And we we're going to go to hers. Now we're staying here point is i kind of had let my mind retain the idea that she was hosting and now i'm like oh wait oh yeah I, this is on you bitch yeah now i've so i just realized i have a lot more planning to do but i have done some shopping oh thank god well thank god for mbfj because <laughs> some of that money is going back to us <laughs> just you're like pretty much just shopping at a deep discount <laughs> mm-hmm. not that deep spreadshirt you can <laughs> just so you know yeah no that's fair enough hosting aside i do get a big advantage having christmas over here and that's that i don't have to freaking travel traveling on christmas is a nightmare yeah as i just get ready to board a plane oh sorry <laughs> it's okay it is not fun and guess what what we aren't even flying into des moines because tickets were so expensive we are flying into fucking omaha nebraska Oof. and driving to, to to des moines and we arrive at like midnight so oh, yes. arrive at midnight get into a rental car and drive two hours not merry christmas <laughs> not thrilled about it i'll be very excited to be in des moines once we're there but good god the holiday travel is the fucking pits <laughs> sure is actually reminds me of my very worst christmas travel story so kids gather on the fire <laughs> oh he loves it when he thinks of a story old uncle mikey's got a story for you Ew! don't say old uncle mikey makes you sound v letrous i know i always think about that when michaela and christian have kids i'm like am i gonna be their weird fucking uncle smoking weed with a robot in the basement 100 um, <laughs> percent. great <laughs> anyway old uncle mikey presents the story of bev <laughs> great have i ever told you about bev no so when i was studying abroad um 
Bev was the travel agent for all the kids at the school. She was in charge of getting us to and from London. Bev was about 172. (laughs) Give or take. Yeah, she was up there. Um, Bev didn't own a computer. What? A travel agent? Yeah, it was a a problem. So, (laughs) okay, so now we know this about Bev. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what happened. Um, We are getting ready to go home for Christmas around the 23rd were our flights, and there was a light dusting of snow in London. London is not able to handle any amount of snow and yeah it's kind of like a rainy place not a snowy place yeah they're really ill prepared for okay winter weather all of the flights at heathrow were canceled and a massive domino effect happened oh right at the holiday that sounds so lame as a rob within an hour of the cancellations all flights had been backed up for days everything was past christmas so I kind of didn't believe it. I just thought by the grace of Santa Claus, we would get home. <laughs> Magical thinking at its finest. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I really, I guess I was an optimist at this point in my life. I wonder in the journal where I turned. <laughs> I really, truly... I don't, that does not compute. <laughs> Mike as an optimist. What? Well, I, just, I just imagine you being like, well, fuck, I guess I'm never getting home now. I live in London. Well, I got there eventually. But to begin with, Bev calls us and uh, lets us know that nobody will be getting home for Christmas. I'm just imagining like father father time's wife calling you on an old rotary phone <laughs> i just wanted to know that um oh no it's too wet it's too wet a, well, why her, is her mouth so wet her dentures are slipping around oh <laughs> she told us we're not going to get home for christmas so a lot of the kids started uh looking for their own flights sure so, yeah. yeah but for a couple days nobody could find flights so it is now fast forward christmas eve oh and i have given up at this point i had packed to go home obviously uh-huh. i had started unpacking in a little fit of rage what good is that gonna do i went and like i was like i live here now just like you said <laughs> all of a sudden one of my roommates gets a flight some there was a cancellation on one flight she gets a flight that day on christmas eve for a couple hours from that moment and then all of us were like what there's opening so we all start trying to find um this exact flight and one by one four of us in our apartment got flights but caveat by the time the last one of us got it, they said, you can have this flight, but it's you have to be here in a half an hour. We did not live near Heathrow. Oh, my God. How did you get to Heathrow? We got a taxi immediately. Okay. Remember when I unpacked my bag? Oh, God. Mike, I'm so stressed just even thinking about it. So the bag that I still had packed, I hurled down the stairs. Oh, my God. Mike. It was quicker. Than, what am I going to do? <laughs> you dramatic <laughs> motherfucker. I left a full bag uh, unpacked in my drawers. Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, We left that apartment. It looked like we got robbed. We left everything in the fridge. There were dishes out. There was food. Like, literally, it looked like like the lost city of Roanoke or something where people were living there and just ran away. Whose responsibility was it to fix that apartment up? Did you guys... All lost our security deposits. Oh, my God. Just to get home for Christmas. Um, But we did make it to the airport in time. It was dramatic and stressful. And we're just happy to be on our way home. So the plane lands and I call my dad. I said, guess who's home? I made it. I don't know if I surprised them or I, I don't, maybe I didn't tell them because it was also quick. Didn't have time to call. My dad's first words to me are, where the fuck are you? <laughs> I was like, oh, hello. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Bev had called my dad and she said to him two things. One, to not go to baggage claim because my bag had been rerouted to Iceland to be exploded because, <laughs> yep. And What? And, Why? Part two, that I am on a terrorist watch list, is what she told my dad. That is insane. In 
insane. So this is the first thing I find out. And I'm still on the plane. We're on the tarmac. Wait, pause. Was she spreading rumors about other, like telling other parents she, too that they like they were also on terrorist watch lists? She made up different things for different people. I don't remember what the other ones were. I just I was pretty traumatized by my own. I was like, what? Why? So my dad tells me this, and I was like, what is going on? He somehow convinced me that I was going to have trouble in um, customs because. Um, because I'm on this terrorist watch list or whatever. And so, that your bags are being exploded in Iceland. Yeah, so I'm super nervous. I get to the uh, border agent, and literally nothing happens. It's like, welcome home. I was like, thanks. So I'm, like, confused. Uh-huh. We all head to baggage claim, the people who thought they had bags, they went to baggage claim, and I was like, I'm going to just skip this because my bag's not here. It's in Iceland. Uh, literally walking by, I just saw my bag there, and I was like, oh, Found out later, Bev had just been telling lies because she was pissed that we went over her head to get our own tickets home. That is psychotic behavior. Bev was immediately fired. <laughs> you got an old lady fired from the call? Well, I mean, I, she should have I been. think that that old lady got herself fired, to be honest. <laughs> there is so much to unpack here. First of all, the fact yeah, that you... it's all you, in my uh, drawer in London. <laughs> the fact that you left a full mess behind for someone else to clean up that I would have missed a flight knowing that i was going to lose a security deposit this was the only flight the next flight was in days after christmas oh wow i mean sure that's just a lot and then this crate how badly was she butthurt that you guys just booked your own flights how much did she love her tiny power trip enough to say that i was on a terrorist watch list which is to say quite a bit (laughs) that's that is quite a bit fuck bev she's a real old bad banana with a Greasy black peel. Female Grinch. Grinch ass. Grinches. 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 <laughs> She's a real old Grinches. Uh, yeah, so I, I made it home. Praise him. You got pra- and by praise him, I do mean Santa. Santa. I he makes dreams come true. Uh, apparently. I feel like my relationship with Santa has been completely spoiled because I do not remember actually that's a lie. I remember one Christmas of believing in Santa Claus. One before my sister ruined it for me. <laughs> Ruined what? Santa. Uh, my mom, I had an older sister, have an older sister. What She's do you mean? Ruined Santa. Ruined the the lie that, uh, fuck off. <laughs> what are you saying to me right now, Cam? Shut up. <laughs> I, uh, har har. I remember exactly one Christmas of thinking Santa was real where I, like, in my, you know, joyful youth, I was probably like four or five years old, stayed up late trying to wait for Santa and then fell asleep, you know, and had that miracle or had that, like. Not miracle. I had that like beautiful Christmas feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the truth was told to me very early on because my parents had this whole. My mom was like terrified that she was going to ruin her relationship with her kids if she if they found out that they had lied to us for so many years. And so my mom was like, "I'm not going to lie to my kids about this." So when my sister, at probably seven years old, asked her point blank if Santa was real, my mom was like, I can't lie to you, no. And then my sister marched right over to her little brother and told me. So I was probably four or five years old when I found out that Santa was not real. How dare she? Yeah. I sure didn't mind lying to you about going to hell for being a homo. (laughs) Fair, but you know what? They they chose what what myths they were going to teach me as a, as a young child. They wanted to teach me with fear instead of the magic of Christmas. So ah, spirit fills uh-huh, the full. Yeah. The spirit of the season. So uh, yeah. Did you, did you believe in Santa until an inappropriately yeah. old age? Like, I feel like you probably did. <laughs> 30. Is what I, mean. no, I remember seeing, um, I was in the attic in my house and I saw 
wrapping paper that had been used on presents that Santa gave us. Uh-huh. And I was like, why don't my parents and Santa have the same wrapping paper? And then it all clicked. Ah, oh, the, the cookie crumbled, as it were. Mm-hmm. Why were you in the attic? <laughs> I was hiding and the closet was full. <laughs> Mike didn't come out of the closet. He came out of the attic like some awful troll. <laughs> dare you awful <laughs> troll no we know from a pretty recent episode actually that i had toyed about coming out on christmas uh yeah i think a... last year at christmas you were like should i come out <laughs> family freaked out and dad lost it almost came out to them you're like oh well everyone's <laughs> everyone's freaking out anyway i mean well like, i'm gay <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know what it is it's some trope that people feel the need to come out of the holidays what's your opinion do you think it is a good time to come out uh, you know what? Whenever is the right time to come out is, is fine. I, I don't think it's going to... It is such a personal decision when to come out because with some families, that is full, fully going to be a nightmare and ruin the holidays if you know that your parents are going to be not have a good reaction to it. Sometimes uh, it's easier because the holidays are dramatic and it's the only time when family is really together and it's all going to be a big kerfuffle in any case. So just fucking do it. Rip off the Band-Aid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was my, my uh, rationale when I wrote my... <laughs> You're like, journal that I should come out. Everyone's being a dick this anyway. This fucked anyway. <laughs> also, <laughs> I'm gay! <laughs> I love the idea of like a big dramatic, just like, I'm going to ruin your Christmas. <laughs> I think that for some people, it's the right time to come out because it makes the most sense. Uh, and for other people, it's just going to make a hard conversation harder. So. so I guess that's fair enough. If it's a good time, it's a good time. And if it's not, it's not. It's just personal. Yeah. Honestly, it was a shock that. I felt the need to come out anyway because my family could see me watching on repeat uh, Vanessa Williams' Christmas Carol, (laughs) A Diva's Christmas Carol, produced by VH1. What, like every year was this your tradition? Yeah, I used to love watching her as Ebony Scrooge. Oh my God, no. (laughs) It is the worst Christmas movie in the world, but I love it. It's such trash in the best way. Do you, like, would you still watch it if given the opportunity? You and I are watching it later. Oh God, I'm nervous. (laughs) Ebony Scrooge. It's so good. She's in a girl group a la... <gasps> no. Yeah. So... Like Michelle Visage and Seduction? That's the girl group you chose. <laughs> Yikes. Sure. Like Michelle Visage and Seduction. Um, <laughs> her backup singers are the equivalent of Marley, the ghost, and... Uh, oh, no. Her... Is this like the Supremes? Is she like the Diana yes. Ross yep, character? Yep, yep. Okay. And her manager is like Bob Cratchit. It's like they do a full reincarnation of it. Very... Yikes. Poorly and amazingly, I really don't know where I stand on it. I know Sounds I'm... pretty heavy-handed. Ebony. <coughs> Ebony, don't be afraid. <coughs> you know me, girl. Like hell I do. I was your best friend, your partner. Sister, you need help. I really am Marley. I enjoy <laughs> it, and I, but I think I have to say objectively that it's trash. <laughs> okay, great. Well, uh, my father-in-law, I've, I think I've mentioned this before. No, maybe not. My father-in-law is like the sweetest man and his very favorite thing, I think maybe in the world is Hallmark Christmas movies. So like as soon as they start playing them, he just like constantly has them on. Like he oh. just like loves them. Hey guys, Mike here. Sorry to interrupt, but I could not let this conversation go on without mentioning that we recorded this before Hallmark revealed themselves as a homophobic piece of trash network. They removed an ad that featured two women kissing because some freaking lunatic said it was corrupting their children. They have since reversed course and put the ad back on the air, but I'm just saying, be wary of Hallmark. There have been so many times where I've been in Des Moines for Christmas and uh, I've walked into a room and he's just like, I almost said folding Christmas presents, wrapping Christmas presents, or folding clothes and just watching Hallmark Channel. He loves it so much. Oh, it's so gay but of him. It's, <laughs> it's like, like father, like son. To, I guess. Tis the season for like, shitty feel-good content (laughs) just the season for shit 
<laughs> There's so much, so many shitty, shitty movies, but people just really, like, I've never, like, gotten there with the shitty Christmas movies, but I, I think I understand it. I understand the appeal. I do have favorite Christmas movies, though, that I will always watch in, Name it. in the season. Um, I have two. I am a Home Alone. And I'm also a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Great ones. Good choices. Mm -hmm. I love those as well. I also love uh, the Santa Claus. Sure. I mean, I hate Tim Tim Allen. Allen. Yes, I hate him, but I I just, I always loved that movie. Quick, would you rather (laughs) fuck Tim Allen as the Santa Claus, like prime Santa transition? Okay. Or Will Ferrell as Elf? Buddy the Elf. Um,. I mean, it would have to be Will Ferrell, right? I can't imagine having sex with Tim Allen, uh, but Buddy the Elf is, like, way too earnest. <laughs> I don't want to think about what's under those tights. And just to clarify, that <laughs> they are in character. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I got that. I don't... I love this. Sex is the best. <laughs> so what Buddy would say? What would Buddy the Elf say about sex with you? Bye, Buddy. <laughs> All I can think about is Mr. Narwhal. I love you. I love you. I love you. Just the most earnest sex in the world. Gross. I don't want to think about it. But I, I haven't seen the Santa Claus in so long. So all I can think about is like Tim Allen in uh, like old man drag. Like misogynisty, gross. Uh huh. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with earnest Will Ferrell sex. Great. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. I'm not going to think about that anymore. <laughs> Other than a diva's Christmas Carol and a. The Santa Claus starring the Republican Tim Allen. Are there <laughs> are there any other favorites that you have to consume during this time? I am on team A Christmas Story. It's a very polarizing movie. I think um, people either despise it or it's like a heartfelt tradition. Uh, that was kind of like my brothers and my thing. We love that. Okay. One of the very few things we have in common. <laughs> First of all, I do not join you in that movie. I've seen it a bunch of times. I just can't. I, I don't think I saw it early enough, so it didn't become special to me. And now it's just one of those things where I, I just don't love it. Um, but it strikes me as kind of an East Coasters tradition. Is huh. that weird? Is it based in the East Coast? Or no, I it's like it's Midwest, mid- Yeah, it's right? Midwest. I think. I don't know why. It, that makes sense because it's. Uh, snowy and it reminds me very much of like upstate new york uh-huh. so it feels relatable even though it is midwest based so i don't know could... it's, yeah it's funny i mean christmas vacation uh, i guess could feel that way as well but for some reason that was always our family's movie like we loved the ridiculousness of that movie it was like our our favorite family like laugh out loud quote it christmas type of thing what was the movie with the girl and the reindeer um i'm sure there's a million oh my god it's like called like Dancer with uh, Julia Stiles. Really? No, you I'm saved just... the last. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um, hold on, pause while I figure out what this movie is. Pause. Looking at reindeer. Up. Pause. Up jumps good old Santa Claus. <laughs> well done. The movie is called Prancer. Did you ever see it? Little girl and the reindeer and anonymous any town USA. <laughs> No, and to be honest with you, you haven't piqued my interest even a little bit. Well, well, it just popped into my head. I don't really think anyone needs to watch it. It's from 1989. That made me feel really old. I thought for sure it was like a late 90s movie. I wouldn't know it because I'm very young. Uh uh, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Just it all together in my infantry. Uh, Mm. Infantry. (laughs) Infanticide. Infancy. Yeah, when (laughs) when they were trying to kill me as a baby. Words are tough. Speaking of infanticide, I saw some piss poor child actors this week. <laughs> it was actually during my gayest moment of the week. <gasps> gay, 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 gay. Uh, I saw How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The play the, or the, the movie? musical? Yes. Oh, okay. 
and it was actually delightful and it was a one act which i really appreciate oh Keep beautiful it short. yeah there were however a few too many children in it because it is christmas i'm <laughs> blah 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 family joy you know all that mm-hmm. some of the, the kids were actually pretty darn good um but i had to laugh because two of the kids kept like popping up from trap doors and the Grinch would go over and like slam the trap doors in their head or like put his foot on them and like push them back down. <laughs> and I think I was the only one who thought it was fucking hysterical. I was like, yeah, fuck you, kids. I'm absolutely on Team Grinch. I would be there doing the same. Team Grinch. What made this the gayest moment of your week? Um, they were all wearing like what I can only describe as butt plug costumes. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> they, they, all their costumes had like were in the shape of butt plugs. They looked like like modern Christmas trees. Yeah, kind of. They like all slick like, it up Christmas trees. And they would all walk. They all had to walk in this certain way that just I don't know. It just really elicited butt plug from me. Okay. Um. So yeah, between the butt plugs and I don't know, it's a musical and it's Christmas. It just felt like gay exploded on the stage. It all adds up to a pretty homo moment. Yeah. A home moment. Homo moment. Homo moment. Homo moment. Did you have any fun homo moments yourself? I, you know what I did? It was a more, um, it was a more solitary and private homo moment. <laughs> so you masturbated? Congrats. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was <laughs> nothing as salacious as that. Two nights ago, Peter was out of town and I put on <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race <laughs> and decorated the house. Again? Uh, I was further decorating. I bought some more garland and I got so excited about how. Some more Judy Garland? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Well, well played. I got so excited about how the garland was twinkling with the lights that I put up that I put a uh, garland around my shoulders and danced during one of the lip sync for your life around my house Oh, <laughs> by myself. Just Christmas drag queens, Christmas lights. So excited. I was feeling it so hard. Um, and Mary and gay. Yeah, it was, it was Mary and gay. Um, make, I made the Yuletide gay as we keep saying. Um, and it was just delightful and sparkly and glittery and gay. And I was having the best time of my gay ass life. I had a, Similar moment this morning, just driving here, I was I put on the Pentatonics Christmas album, which is like pretty, pretty damn good. It's one of my all-time favorites. Rare is it that an album puts me in the mood to jam. I was dancing in the car, singing real loud with them for the whole album, every song. It was really wonderful. It's beautiful. Um, is it your favorite Christmas album? I think so. It's my favorite to sing to. It's not always my favorite to listen to if I just want stuff behind, you know, like, yeah. like ambient music. It begs for attention. It does beg for attention, but I'm usually happy to give it that attention. My actual favorite Christmas album is probably the Vince Garaldi trio, you know, the, the Charlie Brown theme music. Oh, sure. Yeah. It is just so sweet and it always feels nice. And I kind of like that it's lyricless and still uh-huh. evokes Christmas without being too on the nose about it. I've been putting together a master Christmas playlist for a Christmas party. Gonna have to put that album on there. Yeah, absolutely. It's really good christmas party music because you don't doesn't distract from conversation it only enhances it doesn't beg for attention unlike us okay mostly me uh yeah mostly you (laughs) ye who has given us his journal to make an entire podcast out of it does seem pretty narcissistic (laughs) oh well we're in it now (laughs) to a show about me no going back it's my best friend's journal speaking of let's get into it real quick before we do i've got a little poem for you Twas six nights before Christmas and all through the journal. No, Not a, nope. Can I please just shut it me? down? Okay. Okay, so March 1st, 2014, you had a quick slash not so productive sits probe. Tell the people what a sits probe is. It is just the uh, moment when a cast rehearses music with a band for the first time in a musical mm-hmm. um oh 
it was not so productive because it was only with one band member. <laughs> so just a normal rehearsal with the pianist then? <laughs> great, great, great. Um, pee-pee hung out. <laughs> <laughs> your pee-pee hung out? <laughs> no. Last uh, time it was just your balls. Uh, it was paying no attention to the fact that one ball was just hanging completely out of my shorts. You can't really just hang brain in public. It's not. Hang brain. <laughs> No, your pee pee. Uh, what? Your cr- remember the crush on oh, the guy? Yes, pee pee. Uh, pee pee, who has a boyfriend, uh, hung out at the house for six hours. Oh damn! We all watched The Bachelorette. I wanted to jump pee pee. <laughs> uh, his nickname is never going to get old. Um, it's because we're children. That vernacular is odd. I've never spoken like that before. I wanted to jump wanted him. To jump him? Yeah, you were just like throbbing for him. Oh, uh, cam. Big old purple mushroom head. <gasps> It's purple. It's red like Rudolph's nose. Oh, my God. What a strange time to try to get a Christmas <laughs> reference. It's going to be littered with Christmas. You just get ready. Also, why is it so red? It's not that red. I just wanted to <laughs> reference Rudolph. You know me. Okay. <laughs> now, I just imagine your dick is like very cherry red. Stop imagining my dick. Also. <laughs> Can't. Oh, I'm telling Peter. Sorry, Mom, about all this. No, you're not. I was thinking how fortunate I am. My mom listens to every single episode and she always comments but she just totally omits the disgusting things she'll say things like oh my god when you said it can't all be rainbows and sprinkles and i'm like oh i love that that's what you gleaned from this yeah she's able to compartmentalize well enough or she just lets it a skill not all of our family members have <laughs> are you referencing my sister-in-law who i'm not referencing <laughs> anyone I'm saying some of us can uh, compartmentalize better than others. Uh, I always text Mike. I'm like, oh, I heard from one of my sisters-in-law. The last major question was about um, sniffing bulges and enjoying man musk. It's like, yep, we talked about that, didn't we? And she was like, I've never in my life wanted to sniff a bulge. Like, and that is where we differ. I am incredibly grateful that my mother doesn't bring these things up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Anyway, six hours with pee-pee in the room. I... Obviously, he's not too concerned about his boyfriend. Why is he spending six hours with me? You know? I don't know. He could probably also smell your pheromones just rolling off of you if mm. you wanted to jump him so bad. I also think this is the kind of situation where, you know how sometimes you have a straight lady as the um, kind of buffer when you're Ooh, starting the flirtation process? Sure do. Yeah, it's a thing, I think. There's always, when you don't know where you stand, or especially when you're younger, I guess, and you couldn't be so openly gay, there was always a buffer lady. That's fascinating. I never really thought about that. When I was dating my ex that you know, um, we are the entire beginning flirtation was us and one of our girlfriends, and we would the three of us would hang out all the time. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know if he was gay. Um, and did he know I, that he was? He he must have known a little bit because it was one night after she like literally fell asleep on the floor, and we were still sitting on the couch, sitting up talking that we kissed for the first time. Oh. But yeah, that was like the straight lady buffer. It just, it made it very much, I guess it, it helps keep the stakes low if you're hanging out as a friend group. Yeah. It Not feels, to make those women completely utilitarian. That's exactly what I was going to say. And it feels a little insulting because I don't think it begins like that. No one's ever like, I'll use this lady as a buffer. No, no, no. It, but it does like facilitate flirtation it, without it crossing a line. It's a step beyond being a wingman. You just like, you're taking your wingman duties more seriously. <laughs> Wingwoman. Wingwoman du- duties. Yeah. Um, huh. Straight women support gay men so much <laughs> through our entire like finding ourselves process and coming out and they go from being our high school girlfriends to our lifelong best friends. And it's just amazing. Historically, so do gay women. 
gay men have been very supported by women. They have been very supported by women. You're right. I, I, uh, I hear anecdotally that gay women generally were the caretakers at the height of the HIV AIDS crisis. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because in older generations, lesbian and gay men did not necessarily get along. Those communities yeah. were kind of at odds with each other just about how they like approached their gayness. Which is ridiculous. But, <laughs> but when it came down to it, when gay men needed support, it came from lesbians so much. Straight women as well, but lesbians were like the banner carriers for um, for ill gay men in the 80s and 90s so something to remember something to remember is right just fucking love all the women in my life so much thank you for supporting us and being there as wing women and for also falling asleep so we can make out (laughs) you and the gay man not you and the sleeping woman Uh, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) sounded real predatory it's not what i meant um on march 2nd you got groceries mid-show and ate a lot of pizza not mad about it um, sounds kind of like me yesterday. All I did, I, well, we ordered groceries and I ate a ton of pizza. We had a bunch of girlfriends over and I was a little bit hungover and I heard that weed helps with the hangover. And so I got too high and all I wanted to do was eat pizza like a fucking child. Yay. <laughs> oh, I love when Cam gets high. <laughs> Makes me so happy. It was, I felt like a million bucks. I just like l- literally laid on the couch and laughed and ate pizza for an entire day. Don't feel super good today as far as like health is concerned, but. <laughs> oh, but that's such a joy. I love that. It was a cozy Sunday. It was also very rainy here in LA, so it was nice. Um, March 3rd, so much tech needs to happen still. Mom and dad want to see the show on Thursday. I said to wait. Crushing on PP. Did I write crushing on PP? <laughs> I'm crushing PP. <laughs> really plowing through the PPs. <laughs> no, you were crushing on nickname PP. To be why did we choose that knowing that every time we'd have a giggle? <laughs> because we're children. March fourth, you mailed in your contract for your next gig. Still missing props and set opens tomorrow. Very Yikes. mediocre. Looks like it went up in a week. <laughs> I am the only time I'm nervous to perform is when I feel underprepared. Yeah. So this is just a recipe for disaster. You know, I mentioned in a um, in an episode recently that I still have like nightmares that I, you know, am put on stage without knowing a part. Mm-hmm. And I had, I think two people reach out to me and tell me that they have those kind of, it's people that like used to perform, like even as far back as high school and they'll still get dreams where they're forced to go on stage and have never learned the show. I think that's almost universal. Even people who don't perform just having to do a speech you're not ready for Ooh. or a presentation or whatever. It's awful. It gives me a pit in my stomach even thinking about it. Um, March 5th, opening night actually went really well. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? seven people in the audience but i'm still getting paid so who cares oh goodness gracious isn't the old rule that if there's more people on stage than are in the audience you don't put the show up i think the cast was seven so it might have been (laughs) wow uh wow that's tough you know what my standards are really low at this point after uh do little last year where we had at one point four people in the audience and about 30 on stage okay so i guess seven (laughs) is like looking up yeah yikes i will say it was a tiny tiny little theater so maybe it didn't feel that bad I don't know how seven can't feel bad unless you're in a bathroom. <laughs> seven feels like just not enough. Yeah. Well, we did say don't come to opening and I guess everyone listened. When I lived in Korea, um, we had this big theater that um, was really way too big for the quality of shows that we were putting up. We were putting up these little like children's theater productions um, and it was like a much too big theater for the crowds that we normally pulled. Most average days we were praying for shows to get canceled because we Santa? would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
yep, we would pray to Santa Claus himself that we wouldn't have to do the show. And I think that our, um, if I remember correctly, our rule was if we didn't sell enough tickets to outnumber the cast members, we just wouldn't go up. Um, but man, there were some times where there was just like one sad family in the front row and like Aww. all these young adults had to get up and sing and dance for them. It's just so depressing. Also, it was Korea and it was government run and they were very cheap, uh, including the utility bills. So if we didn't sell enough tickets, they wouldn't turn on the heat in our theater. So we would occasionally put on winter coats over our costume. Oh my God. <laughs> so pitiful. Oh, yikes. Um. Anyway, sorry, back into the journal. March 5th, still... Random uh, water sports offer? <laughs> oh, Was that just to make sure all the dogs in the neighborhood can hear you? Um, it says random WS offer, and I can't understand what that could possibly mean, unless it was water sports. Yeah, it's definitely golden showers. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Santa. <laughs> uh, no, that says US, and it stands for understudy. This is what I was talking about. Speaking of being unprepared, oh. this is that show that I accepted the understudy position for. I'm not even in the same state. I couldn't possibly do it. Uh... <laughs> You took the understudy role thinking, oh, I'll just take the train in if I need to go. Oh, no, you're in another show. Yeah, there's no way that I don't know. Obviously, they had no intention of me actually going on. I bet it was just a union thing where they needed to have someone's name down or something. Sure. Because they, I'm not there and I took the part. That's rough. How do you enjoy your water sports experience? I have never been peed on, although um, one of my first loves who, I'll, <laughs> who will remain anonymous <laughs> Uh did explain to me once that him and another boyfriend peed on each other, but like in the shower on each other's feet. And I'm like, why even bother? Like do it or don't. That but just like, sounds like a bad shower partner. Like, are you peeing right now? Yeah. Oops, <laughs> did I get you? <laughs> on each other's feet. It was that like is... they wanted to do it, but like really didn't want to do it. Oh they my just God. To say it. Just fucking do it. <laughs> or just, just don't, but like, <laughs> or just don't one but, way or the other, make a commitment yeah. or yeah. I mean, peeing on someone's feet. I don't know. It just sounds so unsexy to me. I can't even. I'm going to pee on your feet right now. And you tell me how it is. <laughs> I'm doing it. Can you feel it? If you pee on my rug one more time, I believe I owe you a pee, but. <laughs> oh, you a pee. You owe me nothing. And I wake up in a fucking puddle. And you guys, Cam, this is not a habit. It happened once in my life. I woke up the next morning, realized what had happened, cripplingly hungover, tried briefly to blame it on Emmett, and then I was <laughs> like, you know what? We both know the truth of this situation. I owe you one piddle. A tiny piddle. What? What's wrong with me? March 6th, show number two, watched part of Sophie's Choice in the afternoon. Wasn't compelling enough to finish the whole movie. One of the greatest performances of all time. Never seen it. Ooh, to this date, neither have I. Didn't, didn't finish it from there. We should watch it. That is that is a glaring gap in our education. Mm. We, we need to watch that. We do. I'm sorry. I got distracted by the next. I shouldn't have read ahead. Well, then go on. Tell us what, what happened. Okay. Um, on March 7th, you went to the Harp after show number three. Is that a bar? Yeah. Sounds like an Irish pub. A little dive bar. Mm-hmm. Almost had pee-pee come over. I know it's wrong. <laughs> I know it's wrong. Oh, you're so ready to fuck this partnered boy. Is it wrong? You know what? Maybe I feel like at this point in my life, maybe we just needed to have a discussion. Like Ugh. so many gay relationships are open-ish or yeah. are... It can accommodate some sort of will extra accom- yes, will accommodate the relationship idea of... play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's like the third episode in a row. I go, yeah. <laughs> so I think if we had just talked about it, it wouldn't have been that big a deal. Um, I think it just feels sketchy, I guess, because obviously we haven't talked about it or he's not talking about it with the boyfriend and it seems like something is going to happen. Yeah. This is all my way of trying to get out of the corner I've backed myself into of being a homewrecker. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I just, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say other than it's not that uncommon, especially when people, I feel like everyone like young actors away from like doing long-term relationships where they're off doing shows. They oftentimes happens a lot. It does. This, <laughs> this guy and his boyfriend live like a foot away from each other. So that's not the issue. Oh, seriously? <laughs> they're both present. Oh, they're both present. Um, one oh. of them is not in the show, but he like comes to rehearsal every now and then he's around. Okay. Have you ever been a homewrecker? Um, so that would be the person who is on the outside of the relationship. Uh, no, but I've allowed my home to be wrecked. Oh, um, I cheated on my high school, not high school. boyfriend. I uh, honestly, who cares? So cheated on your high school. Boyfriend. There, there was, uh, in college, I was dating a guy. First of all, I don't think we've talked about this. I was dating a guy 10 years, my senior my freshman year of college. I was 19. He was 29 and then turned 30. Um, wow. A couple times he slept over at my dorm, drove to my college <gasps> town. It, looking back on it wasn't great no um, that is yikes man yeah, yeah a lot of yikes um that's a kind of a trope in gay culture anyway that kind of age gap the oh, daddy yeah. twink situation he very very much was like happy to talk about the fact that he liked him young he was like i just like i only <sighs> want to date younger guys um so i don't know what that would have meant for when i actually aged out of that relationship but uh i didn't really let it get that far because I was in college. I had just come out. I was a fucking mess. We've already talked about the fact that I was not like good at relationships in college. Mm-hmm. I wasn't good at, at friendships. I was trying to figure out how to be a human. Um, I was so. How's that coming along? Yeah, I'm working on it hard. Um, I was so young and like underdeveloped, uh, uh, like immature and in, in, in how I looked at relationships and all this kind of stuff. And anyway, this very same thing, like I had a friend who used to live next to me in the dorms. Uh, he came out like in that year and I was like, oh my God, this guy is so cute. He was like one of my buddies, got drunk, watched a movie, fooled around one night, told my boyfriend the next day and then things were never the same. We Mm. ended up breaking up like later. Um, but yeah, I'm not like super proud of that, but also I was a stupid child who was bad at it and by bad at it, I mean pretty much everything. (laughs) Yeah. That's cheating no matter which like side of the triangle you're on is not great it doesn't it doesn't look good on anyone but i do think it's um there's more of a conversation to be had about it than the instant abort button we usually assign to it i feel like cheating is often either a way to say i'm done with this relationship or to stir the pot or whatever but it's not it doesn't or to say that something is missing and that i need in this relationship that you don't have the language or um bravery to talk about Mm -hmm. um and so people act out because under it all we're all just horny children and so people at some point will reach a breaking point and they will drink because they know they want to act out or you know they'll they'll give themselves permission somehow yeah i don't even i don't even think that it's always a a horniness factor i think there's often things going on like you're you're trying to accomplish something with the act i think it's too often used as like a means to an end when it instead of it's Instead of a conversation. Uh, you, you said the abort button. That's a Dan Savageism. Um, that, you know, he he thinks a lot of the time when people cheat, they're either they're acting out or he, he will use the term um, slamming your hand down on the self-destruct button, on the relationship's mm-hmm. self-destruct button. They're like, I need out of this. I don't know how. So I'm going to 
uh, I'm going to act out in a way that's going to harm this. Um, I'm not brave enough to, you know, like talk about it. Uh, I, I do agree that it's not always that it shouldn't always be the end of a relationship. It should be the re- reason to realize that something, some, something is going undiscussed or unfulfilled within a relationship, but not everyone feels that same way. Some, a lot of, especially straight people that I know, if they found out that their spouse had cheated, that would be an automatic end of relationship situation. Yeah. I mean, it would certainly be tough because what you're really losing is trust and that's a whole different issue. Yeah. But I do think, uh, generally more is owed to the conversation than just an instant end. Yeah. I saw mommy kissing Lead alien invited a stranger from Tinder over. They are currently having sex. (laughs) (laughs) I am not proud of my judgy little entry there. Invited a stranger from Tinder over. Stranger seems condescending. Should have just said had a Tinder date over. Uh Uh-huh. That seems a little shamey. How dare you, old Michael. Is this the cat lady or is this the roommate you liked? No, this is the one I was like better friends with. Okay. Um, She... The one who was oftentimes trying to lose the cat, if I remember. Yes, the one who kept leaving the door ajar. (laughs) Oops, where's your kitty? Um, <laughs> I am curious about the logistics of her Tinder date because neither her nor I had a door on our room. Where the fuck were you living? In a tent? There was only one door. I don't know why. <sighs> Strange situation. There's only one door in this uh, house. Wait, so were you in a, like a proper room though with a doorway? Like a door I, yes. frame but no door in door frame? I was in a proper room with a doorway with no door. Lead alien was in what probably would have been a living room. Okay. Uh, but also functioned fine as a bedroom. Just, ha- you know, a door would have been nice. Uh-huh. The only person with a door was cat lady because the idea was she had to bring her cat. She had a door so that the cat could be closed in there. Uh-huh. This lady never fucking closed her goddamn door. <laughs> so just wasted it for all of us. The cat was obviously wandering all about. Uh-huh. So this lady is having sex behind a curtain. So there's no great mystery as to what's going on. Yeah. So I'm wondering where I am. I guess I must have heard this pretty clearly. Huh. Hope I was cheering her on. <laughs> <laughs> what is worse than your gay roommate cheering for you <laughs> while you're getting porked in the other room? Um, your gay roommate watching? I guess. <laughs> oh, well, fair. Fair play. Um, on March 8th, you had a personal bad show, but overall it was good. Big audience. Feeling strange and nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to imply that I spelled nostalgic wrong? Well, you ended it with a G. <laughs> March 9th, much better show today. It was show number five. You drank after with PP and Lead Alien. <laughs> watching Cat <laughs> got flirty with PP. Why were we watching this cat? Where's, where's its caretaker? I don't know. It doesn't say. And I can't possibly believe she would allow us to stay at home with this cat knowing what, what Lead Alien's MO was. <laughs> Um, and getting flirty with PP. Is that what it said? Yeah. Just waiting for it. Man, this is a long, long build. Uh, well, you are fucking judgy as hell. March 10th, first day off, slept late, watched United States of Terra slash young adult, drinks at Brett's, lead alien, fuck that Tinder guy again. Good for her. <laughs> is that judgy? That seems more normal. Uh, lead I mean, alien, fuck that Tinder guy again. Uh, maybe. March 11th, second day off, must get out, walked downtown to pizza place for lunch slash dinner. So we're combining those meals now. Watched, better, than, better than the cruise ship where I was just having two dinners. That's fair. <laughs> Watched Catching Fire. Looking forward to seeing Jarrett, two T's, in <laughs> Philly in one month. I'm planning dates with this guy for a month from now. That's insane. I don't remember where this ends up because I, I mean, have very little relationship with this dude and he's made it into the journal quite a bit. Can't wait to find out. March 12th. Good show. 
Chasers after. Must be a bar because you played darts. Reminds me of the ship. On March 13th, you Skyped Kick and Mick at 3 a.m. Yikesy, yikesy. Um, ew. Okay, on March 14th, you went grocery shopping at 10 with Brett. And then you went to uh, Chasers, that dive bar with Lead Alien after the show. Talking about gay stuff and man across the bar stared and threatened. What does that mean? Forgot about this. Okay, so I'm in very rural Connecticut. And I forgot that I often felt pretty unsafe. Um, I think of anywhere on the East Coast is just like shockingly liberal. I know that's not how it works. Yeah, but you forget there are pockets. Yeah. Um, so me and the alien are just at this bar. I don't know what we were doing or talking about. She is like wonderfully loud, just like a beautiful, exuberant soul. And uh-huh. so I'm sure we were not having a quiet conversation. And I'm obviously not going to be hiding that I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been in a grocery store with you recently where you were like skipping down the aisles and making penis jokes. So, it, you know, a, l- <laughs> a little alcohol in a dark bar and you're not going to be quiet about it. Yeah, I don't think I, I think I probably had a little more sense than to behave that way <laughs> in this rural area. But whatever it was, we drew the attention of this homophobe at the bar. I forgot exactly what he did, but he something along the lines of standing up. He approached us. He said something enough so that I got super scared and uh, I called the producer and he came and picked us up. Um, to yeah. leave. Actually the it, guy, I think the producer had words with this guy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, it was, yeah, I was just scared and like kind of speechless. And I also felt just like, I don't know, like a child. I like daddy had to come pick me up. I didn't know what else to do. Um, it was just the two of us there and I wasn't ready to get my ass kicked. That is so fucking retro like some yokel at a bar like comes at you like as a homophobe it just feels of like a different time i hate that that happened to you it is i would say a different time than now hopefully but i, I mean people still get gay bashed outside of gay bars yeah, they do you, you know, know in what? lots of this country i don't know it's scary to me to be reminded that you're not always safe um it is. even I, 2019 i think about how lucky i've been like there have been plenty of times in my life where i have been out after a night out with a, a boy and like walking home hand in hand and just like feeling good and safe and brave, you know, and like kissing on a street corner and all that kind of stuff had the right person, the wrong person been walking by in that situation. Like I could have been just another statistic, you know, like there are plenty of people, especially after a night out when they've been drinking with their buddies and they're feeling emboldened in their own beliefs and feelings. Like there's so much, I don't know, danger and ugliness in this world that I just I'm I'm glad or I'm, I'm not glad. I feel very fortunate that I've avoided a, a lot of that, but it it really squicks me out and and like speaks to a, a really deep dark like uh, fear of mine. We forget because we have so much privilege as white cis men mm-hmm. that we still have something against us in the eyes of many. Yeah. Oh, that's ugly. I'm sorry that happened. Um, you did put, or you did say at the end of this entry, had Brett pick us up, not in NYC. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I've been, not. I've been fagged in NYC too. You really, there's nowhere is completely safe. You just gotta keep your eyes open. Did anyone else in the bar? Do you remember if anyone else like saw that this guy was acting this way? Did he like, did anyone say anything to him or? Um, I really don't remember. I feel like it was one of those moments I just kind of, clammed up like mm-hmm. i don't get quiet often i remember like shut down a lead alien kind of took the lead i remember her being really great um trying to like intervene and distract and um use her 
womanhood to help me. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember what was happening. Also, as I remember being like kind of shook that whole night. I remember being really embarrassed too, uh-huh. which is not uh, the emotion that you would think comes to mind. But it did it beyond being scary. It was demeaning. Yeah, that is demeaning. Not to make light of this, but you said it sounded like having dad come pick you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me of a different holiday, not a Christmas story. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> forgot this was the christmas episode (laughs) it reminded me of a halloween story actually when i was a kid my best friend and i he was my best friend all through elementary school and probably up until we were like freshmen or sophomores in high school when you know kids start to get their their different friends you kind of diverge when you figure out what your high school activity is sure um and anyway he and I were joined at the hip for years and we went trick-or-treating one year and we were probably 12 or 13 it was the first year where I think we were really allowed to go trick-or-treating by ourselves, but his dad was a little bit protective and he followed us in the car. He's like, you don't have to check in. I'm just going to like, I I don't trust the older kids. So I'm going to drive around and just keep an eye on you. Mm. And he did. And he was like, maybe a block away. He was like, I'll catch up, you know, like park and then like drive up. It was just like being sweet and, and kind of protective of his boy. And these older kids came up to us and stole all our candy. We had these, we had, it was almost the end of trick-or-treating. We had pillowcases full of candy and they came up and ripped them out of our hands and pushed us down. And I was just heartbroken. And we went back to the car just like crying and told him what happened. He's like, get in the car. And he was this very mild mannered, like salesman kind of dad, like very buttoned up. And we drove around until we saw these kids and he goes, you pointed them out. Yeah. He goes, stay in the car. And he just went and told these punk kids what was up. He, I've never seen, I'd never seen him raise his voice. And he was like, what the fuck were you thinking? And he made them apologize. He took all of our candy back and their candy and gave it to us. (laughs) And like red. And their candy? And their candy. You know, that's a direct episode of Family Guy. No. Stewie and Brian get pushed down by older kids. Lois goes and. You hurt me. Take Justin's bag of candy and pour it into Stewie's. All of it. And if I think you're holding back on me, we're going to have a serious problem. Good. Now go in your purse, take out $40, and put it in the bag. All right, all right, Lewis, you're kind of scaring me now. Uh, I don't have $40. All right, I understand. I'll be back tomorrow for the $80. And I'm taking your welcome mat. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, yeah, no, he, he got us all their candy really like made up for the trauma of the night and he gets back in the car and calmly just looks at me. He knew my parents very well. He was like, do not tell your parents I use that language. And I was like, okay, <laughs> never did. He knew they would have been very disapproving of his very foul mouth, just screaming curse words in the middle of the street at these junior high kids probably. Oh my God. I was so fucking thrilled. And we had the biggest haul of candy ever. How did you feel when the two bullies came and apologized to you? Because then you had to confront them again. Oh, I didn't care because we had their goddamn candy. So <laughs> I was like, uh, I just remember feeling like very powerful in the back, like safe in the back of a car watching these kids just get embarrassed in the middle of the street. So it was wonderful. It was great. And then went home and gorged ourselves on pillowcases of candy. And okay, this is a strange thing. Um, I was talking with another one of my buddies about this at dinner this past week, and I, I reminded myself I wanted to pick your brain about it. So this kid, who I was best friends with, I mean, for years, he is a straight guy. He yeah. dated, he's only ever dated women. He uh, is married to a woman quite happily, I think. Um, but growing up for years of sleepovers, when we were like young and fumbling around in the dark, we would like, I don't want to say like fool around, but like kind of experiment together, like 
jerk off together. Like I, I jerked that kid off a lot. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> over the years and now he's like a straight dude and i think that like i've had this conversation with many gay guys they're like oh yeah like uh like little boys they just like are trying to figure stuff out and they like fumble around in the dark for forever and then most of them grow up to be straight straight guys don't fucking talk about that as adults but i have probably 10 straight friends that i grew up with that i have like at least jerked off in the same room with them um yep i've got <laughs> Thank you for validating. Uh, I have, I had my own, uh, straight person in that situation. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think I actually jerked anyone off, but definitely like in the same room while it's yeah. happening or like, and I was like very careful to not be like the instigator. Cause I didn't want to be like the gay kid, you know, but like I was at sleepovers where like, I don't know, people are like daring each other to show their dicks or to it's because you're, jerk off or whatever. I feel like parents trust Little boys with little boys and little girls with little girls. Yes. And you maybe trust each other more because you have the same anatomy most of the time. And I think it just happens because you're young and curious and that is the opportunity you have. And yep. that's the person you trust. So yeah. it's kind of has nothing to do with sexuality at that point. It's just figuring things out for you. Maybe it did. But I think. No, that's I mean, it probably just like solidified the fact that I was like, this is what I'm into. And for them, it like either solidified. That's not what I'm into. Or it was just like, OK, this is how my dick works. Right. You know, it was, an orgasm it, yeah, it was very much not about like what you're attracted to for a relationship. Yeah, it's a bizarre it's a bizarre thing. And I have tried to talk to straight guys about it before. I think I've had a couple very open minded straight guys like admit to that. But I've never heard straight men talking about it. And, and I mean blocked it out maybe it's a it's a societal like taboo that people just don't let themselves talk about i just kind of find it fascinating that like little boys are not in many cases shy about like experimenting with each other and it's not necessarily gay it's just unsure how sexual things work yeah back to the urinal back to the urinal would you like to <laughs> rephrase that the urinal my best friend's urinal uh but- you're stuck in this room with me. This is March 15th. It's going to be the last day of the journal because it's we're ending on a high note here. Are you ready? I'm excited. Okay. Gala night, exclamation point. Oh, so fun. I oh love this gala. I have good memories of this to this day. Okay. For a little theater with no money, they sure threw a party. Oh, that's really fun. It was lovely. Um, well, so it was a good show with great drunk audience, food and wine after. It's the kind of show where it's probably best if you're drunk, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Killer zombies from space. Close. Zombies from the beyond. Okay. <laughs> um, here we go. Kissed pee-pee <laughs> <laughs> in the dressing room and more at home. Oh. Homewrecker. Oh. I'm always surprised by the flood of memory I get from these journals because I had completely forgotten about this moment. I thought I thought this kiss was going to be something else. Oh. Um, and, but now I'm remembering this dressing room and this, we were like hiding, which was super hot. You yeah. Know, I love that. Um, so we would like wait for everyone to get ready and then leave the dressing room or whatever uh, and oh my god escandalo you're just having a little behind yeah. the curtains fun said and more at home and more at home what what it, more it just said more kissing i think kiss pee pee in dressing room and more at home is all it says pee pee <laughs> <laughs> i love it so much um, i love him so much i want a picture do you have one yeah great we'll put it on the instagram <laughs> perfect just blurred out it's just a picture of a body <laughs> Uh, fine yeah we'll see where it goes as though i haven't blatantly said exactly what's gonna happen already (laughs) i can't wait to get to it though but not this week that'll have to be next episode because before the end of the special christmas episode we have to welcome a guest onto this podcast we do have to welcome a guest star a celebrity even (laughs) oh my god a celebrity guest experience uh 
that should be the very last thing we do. We should get through our housekeeping first. Mm-hmm. Can you um, make this housekeeping a little more jolly? Can you, um, I don't know, Christmify it somehow, whatever that means to you. Okay. Away in the podcast, you'll find us online at mybestfriendsjournal.com anytime. Ah. On social media, you can find us there at MBFJ Podcasts. I don't have hair. Oh my God. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Why away in the manger? I don't know. Nor does anyone else. <laughs> oh, just forget that even happened. Uh, one quick bit of housekeeping. Uh, we have threatened in the past to take a week off uh, and have never done threatened. so. <laughs> but uh, this time around, we're actually going to do it. Uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas, is Boxing a Thursday. Day. Boxing Day, we're going to give ourselves the gift of time this Christmas, and we're going to take a week off. So we will be at you the following week, uh, bright and early in the new year. And if you would like to give us a beautiful Christmas gift... uh, Cam's looking for a load in the face. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Um, No, I was just going to suggest maybe rating and reviewing and subscribing. That would be lovely. Um, (laughs) Speaking of Christmas gifts, it's important to me to continue a tradition that I've mentioned on here before. Every year for Christmas... I give my dear friend Gabriella a rendition of a certain Christmas song. Since this is the first Christmas where this podcast exists, I thought it'd be fun to try the Christmas song in this new medium. So, without further ado, we present Miss Judy Garland and the Faggots. That's us. <laughs> Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light Next year all our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the you Together, if the face of 